Blog Talk Radio. Thursday. Mm hmm. It's Thursday, August 9th, 2012. Old Town, Alexandria. United States of America, planet Earth. Third planet from the sun. And you're with me tonight, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Mm hmm. the Obama backdrop have you noticed it (laughs) the Obama backdrop we can we can we can call it now the fawning nearly fainting adoring sycophants with a cup of Kool-Aid be it college students fresh from the halls of a leftist indoctrination or in this case, the women who somehow think their health care choices are at risk. Reminds one of the Oprah show, doesn't it? Perhaps the president should like to try his speeches before Junior Achievement, Lions Club, or Rotary Clubs. Perhaps. Here before the thrones of uh, unquestioning Obama, 
uh, sycophants. Obama f- suggests that Michelle's women's health care choices are at risk. One might ask, what exactly are Michelle's women's health care choices? And who in the world is threatening to interfere with her choices or the choices of any other woman? What is up for question is who who pays for these choices? You see, the Obama administration believes that women should have the right to choose and I should have the right to pay and you as well to pay for those choices. If a woman wants to like Sandra Fluke, in her mid-30s, she wants to have as much sex as she can possibly have. Of course, that's her choice. With as many men as she likes, perhaps. I don't know. But she doesn't necessarily want to be a mother. So she wants to have um, contraceptives available to her. Well, she could do what some people suggest, and that's head over to the local Walmart or 7-Eleven and pick up some sheiks or some magnums, like any other normal person. Or, perhaps, she could head over to your local clinic and put some cash down on the table and pay for some birth control pills. No, none of those are appealing choices to a lot of women. They believe that contraceptives should be paid for by you and me. It should be, quote, free, end quote. But it's not free, is it? It's not free at all. That's entirely another matter. And the matter at hand, the suggestion that individual liberties are being threatened by the GOP and protected by the Democrat Party, well, it's just plain absurd. The suggestion that if the government doesn't pay, the choice is therefore taken away. Well, that premise defies common sense. Where's the scrutiny in this? Doesn't the Obama family have the very best health care in the world for life? Who are you kidding? You're worried about Michelle's health care choices, really? What choices will common Americans have? Those people outside the safety net of presidential and congressional health care plans. When Obamacare is in full-blown effect, there will be fewer choices. That is a certainty. Can we talk about those for a while? Now, Mr. Obama laments that Michelle is not paid as First Lady. No first lady has ever been paid, Mr. Obama, you moron. 
Perhaps the trappings of being First Lady are compensation enough. The massive staff, the vacations, the entourages, the separate flights, the wardrobe allowances that bring $6,000 jackets. Being waited on hand and foot. That seems to be a handsome compensation for being the president's wife. Or maybe, as some suggest, Michelle is actually making some tough national decisions with Valerie Jarrett behind closed doors. Is she helping run the country? If so, I suggest, Mr. President, that you prorate your salary and share your compensation. And here come all the other tricks. The fake fainting at the rallies. Stand back. Stand back. Anybody have a water bottle? The straw man set up and then destroyed by his brilliance and fairness. They. They. They want dirty air and dirty water, he says. But don't they really want affordable energy and responsible coal use? And they want to take health care choices out of the hands of women. But don't they really want the cost to be away from the federal government and free from insurance mandates? There seems to be a new low. A new low in the world of presidential conduct. And the complicit media that is idle and unquestioning when logic is clearly tortured is a great enabler. Justice Alito shook his head at the State of the Union speech when Citizens United versus FEC were misrepresented by Mr. Obama. Now I I submit that head shaking has become a national sport. With this administration. We'll take a short break and we'll come right back. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. All right, we'll be right back. Telling everybody over there, hey, you got to help yourselves. The world ought to help, but um, you need to fix your corruption and you need to help yourselves. It'd be great if he would say that here, but that's not what he's saying here. Here's what he's saying here. Every step you take, every step you make, no matter class tax break, and you can't escape, I'll be taxing you.
you to my fellow small business owners. I just want to say I'm Renee Amore. I'm the president and CEO of the Amore Group, a healthcare and business consulting group out of King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. And I have to say that I have over 50 employees. We have been in business for about 16 years now, and I'm happy to say that we have been blessed because of sacrifice. When the president made his comment last Friday about you've got a business, you didn't build that, I don't know where the heck that he got that from. And to me, it was a reprehensible statement, and he doesn't know what the heck is going on in this country. President Obama's comments reflect just how unqualified he is to lead this real economic recovery. He really doesn't understand what it's about. This was insulting to me, and not just to me, to all the entrepreneurs on the phone and across this country. Mitt Romney knows that because he has lived it, he's helped entrepreneurs and dreamers start their companies like me. He has, you know, he doesn't um, practice the Chicago-style economics. You know, he doesn't just give to, you know, folks that raise money or those kind of things. This is getting out of hand. It's out of control. As an African-American woman, a woman, people think I need to vote for Obama because he's black. Well, I've been black a long time, and he won't get my vote because of the things that he has done. While his supporters get paid off, the middle class like me, American, I'm suffering. I don't want to have to lay off people, but other people have been laid off. I am creating jobs. He doesn't know how to create jobs. He knows how to get rid of jobs. Over 23 million Americans are out of work and unemployed or have been given up looking because they just don't know what else to do. The income and wages have fallen. I work very hard. I'm going to get continue to work hard. He's not working hard at all, and he doesn't know what hard work means. My husband was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. I am the sole breadwinner in my home with my child. So the bottom line, this is the bottom for me and all my employees. And so I need Nick Romney to get in the White House. I am All right. You heard it. And we're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. You know what? That poor woman is going to be labeled a sellout, an Oreo, a house Negro. She's going to be labeled a person who doesn't know where they come from, doesn't know their history. She's one of those folks that... uh, You know, she's been brainwashed by Whitey. The white man has tarnished her brain. The white man has indoctrinated her. She needs re-education. Because when a black person stands up and says that, they created their own business. And Obama didn't have anything to do with it. And how dare he suggest that Her hard work, her effort, her sweat, her toil, the sleepless nights, worrying about how you're going to make payroll, has anything at all to do with the federal government and Barack Hussein Obama. Wow. Alinsky. We see the 13th rule. Of Saul Alinsky. (laughs) With. uh, Harry Reid recently. 
Virginia State Senator L. Lewis Lucas. Strange name. Democrat Portsmouth. As quoted in the Washington Post, claims that Governor Mitt Romney's rise in the polls, well, that's the result of racism. Racism, pure and simple. Mitt Romney's beating Barack Hussein Obama in the polls as of today because of racism. In the same newspaper, opinion writer Harold Meyerson asked, what happens if GOP's voter suppression works? These are just two of the most recent examples of liberals taking the truth and flipping it upside down. Consider only a liberal can see disagreement with a Marxist president as racist and a program to discourage voter fraud as inappropriate vote, voter suppression. Imagine, if you will, not wanting your vote to literally be declared, to be declared void because someone who wasn't born here who is here illegally, who has not earned the right to vote, can walk into a polling place without any identification whatsoever and just vote. Now, a a conservative went into a polling place just to make the point, to drive the point home, and registered to vote and voted under the name Eric Holder, the Attorney General of the United States, just to make the point that perhaps you should have some identification when you walk into a polling place, because um, just this just this past fall, a white conservative voted as Eric Holder. But no, if you if you want to go in and you want folks to actually show some identification in order to vote, that's racist. That's suppressing the vote because apparently poor black folk and poor white liberals, it, it's sort of a given that they can't afford to have to, to purchase an ID card. Now, an ID card will cost you anywhere from a state ID anywhere from 8 to $30. But somehow some of these folks can scrounge up enough to buy FUBU shirts for their little babies, Nike's, two $300 pairs of shoes, 20-inch rims for their car that cost more than the car itself. But they can't scrounge up just a few dollars to get a state ID so that they can walk in, present that identification, and then vote. Voter suppression. It's. I sometimes wonder if they really believe their own rhetoric. Importantly, however, these absurd allegations should not surprise us. Indeed, Solowinski advised his followers in Rules for Radicals. Rule number 13, 
confound the enemy with allegations he cannot possibly disprove. Whenever possible, turn the enemy in on himself. Look for ways to increase insecurity, anxiety, and confusion. Watch how organizations fail helplessly when blindsided by irrelevant arguments they cannot refute, such as Harry Reid standing on the Senate floor and saying that he heard from a guy who heard from a guy who heard from another guy who heard from his grandmother who heard from his talking dog that Mitt Romney hadn't paid taxes for 10 years. There was no way to prove it or disprove it unless Romney took the bait and put out 10 years worth of taxes. Yet, we in the blogosphere, digital media, internet media, and across the mainstream media spent a week talking about it. Rather than focusing on Barack Obama's record. So, who was Saul Lewinsky? And what was he really all about? And how does... How does the president apply Solinsky's rule? Well, I'm going to answer a few of those questions for you. Stay tuned. And listen, perhaps you'll have some questions of your own. Well, to reach back to one of our heroes from the past, from the 60s, um, Saul Linsky once said that even though both sides have flaws in their arguments and you can always find something nuanced about your own side you don't like and it's never perfect, you have to act in the end like there's simple black and white clarity between your side and the other side or you don't get anything done. I always try to remind myself of Saul Linsky when I get confused, but congratulations to you, sir. You weren't confused. <laughs> Solansky wrote the book Rules for Radicals. He wrote a book earlier called Reveille for Radicals. And our president, as a community organizer, which is the phrase started by Saul Alansky, uh taught Solansky's philosophies for several years in Chicago. Hillary Clinton wrote her paper, her thesis on Saul Alansky, actually met the man, and he wanted her to come work with him, but she wanted to get involved in politics, and so she went off to Capitol Hill and worked as a staffer on Capitol Hill. Did you know that Saul Alansky dedicated his book to none other than the very first rebel who uh, rebelled, but at least won his own kingdom? Lucifer. Saul Alinsky dedicated his book to Lucifer. Our president has been teaching and following a man who dedicated his book to Satan. Do you think that there is a spiritual battle going on in America and around the world? Indeed there is. Well, what did Saul Alinsky say? Well, first of all, he talked about change on almost every page, and you thought, uh, our president came up with that phrase on his own. No, the word change is used by Alinsky on almost every page. And by change, he means revolution. He also says an organizer working in and for an open society is in an ideological dilemma to begin with. He does not have a fixed truth. Truth to him is relative. Everything to him is relative. Kind of understand now why our president says one thing one day, one thing next day, or maybe in a few months. It's all based on whatever gets the job done. The first step in community organization is community disorganizing. Disorganization. In other words, Saul Lisky said, penetrate the middle class, disorganize, and then reorganize. Penetrate the churches, he said. Have they penetrated 
our churches and our seminaries and our Christian colleges and our teachers' groups and our teachers' organizations? Absolutely. And Saul Linsky said, this is what you must do. You see, Saul Linsky studied a guy by the name of Antonio Gramsci. Antonio Gramsci was an Italian communist who told Mussolini, you're going about it all the wrong way. If you want a lasting revolution, you can't do it with guns and bullets. You've got to get in there and you change their hearts and their minds. Their worldview is the foundation of their values. Their values is the foundation of their conduct. Change their worldview. They'll change their values and they'll change their conduct. And you've got a lasting revolution. But if you force it with guns and bullets, it won't last. Mussolini didn't like this and threw Gramsci in jail. Well, Sololinsky studied the writings of Gramsci and wrote Rules for Radicals. And so... One of the things you do is you stir up dissatisfaction and discontent. And he says you pit the haves against the have-nots. You get class envy going. And that's what they're doing. It's very, very sad. And they're also race-baiting, which is also horrible. He goes on to say you'll be labeled an agitator, and that's exactly what you are. You agitate to the point of conflict. Standing behind President Clinton in this picture is the man in the gray suit. Standing next to him is his wife in the uh, uh, blue dress with the green sweater. This is a husband and wife, she kept her maiden name, husband and wife by the name of Cloward and Piven, radical professors at Columbia University. They studied Saul Alinsky, and in 1966, they wrote an article in The Nation magazine saying, hey, let's implement socialism, and the way to do it is to collapse the economy. And the way to collapse the economy is to create... Uh, more benefits, as many benefits as you can, new benefits, put as many people on those benefits as you can, overwhelm the system to collapse it. They introduced this in New York, and I think they started out with about 150,000 people on the welfare. When they were done 10 years later, it was like 1.5 million. We began to talk about this in January or February, and we began to ask our radio audience to let other talk show hosts know about the Cloward Piven strategy. And within a few weeks, we have at least one talk show host on radio and television who began to talk extensively about the flower. All right, and we're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. So you get a little bit of an idea about who Saul Linsky was, and Obama really learned his lesson well. I'm proud to see that my father's model for organize, organizing is being applied successfully beyond, beyond local community organizing to affect the Democrat campaign in 2008. It's a fine tribute to Saul Alinsky as we approach his 100th birthday. That is from a letter from L. David Alinsky, son of neo-Marxist Saul Alinsky. Obama helped fund the Alinsky Academy. The Woods Fund, a nonprofit on which Obama served as paid director from 1999 to 2002, provided startup funding and later capital to the Midwest Academy. Obama sat on the Woods Fund board alongside William Ayers, founder of the Weather Underground, a domestic terrorist organization. Midwest describes itself as one of the nation's oldest and best-known schools for community organizations citizen organizations, and individual, individuals committed to progressive social change. Midwest teaches Alinsky tactics of community organizing. Now, call me old-fashioned, but ten years ago, Barack Obama wouldn't have made it past the primaries 
with just this information alone. Forget about everything else. Forget about let's let's suspend disbelief for a moment. Forget about the birth certificate, where this clown was born, his school records, whether he's a whether he's gay or not. I almost said homo. Whether he, whether he's gay or not, you know, or whether he's a socialist or mar. This information that I just that I just spoke of just now, he would have been done. Finished. Finished. Remember the presidential candidate? Some of us remember a presidential candidate who was running for president who said, Hey, I'm all good. Look into my, and I'm paraphrasing, look into my background. You'll find nothing there. Boom. A picture pops up of the candidate with a fine looking blonde on his lap on a yacht and underneath the on on the yachts on the yachts uh, hall big bold letters monkey business that was the name of the boat do you know who I'm talking about I think his name was Gary Hart that alone sunk that candidate's presidential aspirations All by itself. It was nothing else. Joe Biden. Does anyone remember when Joe Biden ran for president? Well, it was discovered that he had plagiarized some of his speeches. That's it. Nothing more. Hair plugs. That was cool. You know, one day he had no hair on his head. He was like bozo style. And the next couple of weeks, he's got hair plugs. So he's got hair on his head again. Nobody cared. But the fact that he plagiarized some speeches, boom. He was done. His candidacy ended before it began. Those are just two examples right there. Ten years ago, put this out there, Obama helped fund the Alinsky Academy. Just that. The news media, if he were a white candidate, the news media would have been all over it. The guy's a socialist, he's a Marxist, he's a commie. He would have been done. What we're seeing here, my friends, is racism and favoritism in the reverse. Hillary, Obama, and the cult of Alinsky. A true, and I quote, I'm quoting right now, true revolutionaries do not flaunt their radicalism. Alinsky taught. End quote. They cut their hair, put their suits and put on their suits and infiltrate the system from within. Alinsky viewed revolution as a slow, patient process. The trick was to 
penetrate existing institutions such as churches, unions, and political parties. Many leftists view Hillary as a sellout because she claimed to hold moderate views on some issues. However, Hillary is simply following Olinsky's counsel to do and say whatever it takes to gain power. Obama is also an Olinskyite. Obama spent years teaching workshops on the Alinsky method. And in 1985, he began a four-year stint as community organizer in Chicago, working for an Alinskyite group called the Developing Communities Project. Camouflage is key to Alinsky-style organizing, you see. While trying to build coalitions of black churches in Chicago, Obama caught flack for not attending church himself. Well, he became an instant churchgoer after that. Now, I'd like to quote the man who, well, I'm going to quote the man who inspired Saul Alinsky. I'm going to quote the man who Alinsky says, or said, was the inspiration for his book, Rules for Radicals. Ten points to the person who can tell me the name right now. Call in 347-884-8500. I see we have a call on the on hold. This is my good friend David Graham. We're going to take his call in just a minute. Well, here it is. It's the opening page dedication. Now, mind you, the President of the United States was a supporter of Saul Alinsky, was a follower, was on the board, etc., etc., etc. So, here's the opening page, dedication for Rules for Radicals. Least we forget, at least, an over-the-shoulder acknowledgement to the very first radical from all our legends, mythology, and history. The first radical known to man who rebelled against the establishment and did it so effectively that he has at least won his own kingdom. Lucifer. Saul Alinsky dedicated his book to an entity that rebelled against God, the devil himself. Frightening and fascinating that our current occupant of the White House uses methods inspired by Lucifer himself in order to gain power, keep power, and influence public opinion. We have a call on the line. Call your own with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Talk about it. Doc Jones. Yo. You know who this is. What's up? 
What's up? You know, you you would uh, you would flatter me greatly to tell me that you are reading some of that material directly from my book that I know you have because it is in there verbatim. <laughs> I am not, but I'll tell you. I'll be honest with you about this. I read some of the book earlier today, and that's where I got the idea. Ah, okay. That, that is that is very flattering. I think. Yes, indeed. Uh, in fact, I have the book right here. But uh, and I, I was wondering, you know, what am I going to talk about? And I said, well, you know, let me see what I got here. And I had a couple of books. I, I was gonna. I, I, I'll admit, I have a couple of books I was going going to go with. The Manchurian um, uh, President was one, uh, and then the other is the um, is the. Uh, what uh, I, I'm losing my train of thought here is the the amateur. Uh, and oh, that, yeah. yeah, and then and then there's your book, and I said, you know what, I haven't picked up, uh, you know, uh, David's book in a while. I think um, we're going to see what we got here. So, boom, there we are. So you're absolutely right in a, you know, in a, in a, in a way. <laughs> the idea for for this uh, this show came from from your book. Woohoo! Oh yeah. <laughs> By the way, the book is talk about the book, and I know you have a new one coming out. So talk about that too, if you will. Yeah, I do. Uh, well, the 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 book I was just talking about was called Stay Mad, uh, Observations of a Proletarian. Uh, it was my first, uh, my first book, my first effort at, uh, at writing my thoughts and publishing thoughts. And, uh, you know, the more I, the more I researched and, and um, discovered, the more I thought, man, there's more people that need to know this. And uh, that, that Alinsky thing, I mean, that is so poignant. And all you have to do is understand the whole Alinsky concept, and it goes right back to that very last quote, the very last dedication that you just mentioned, where all this comes from. He's going to give an over-the-shoulder acknowledgement to Lucifer to, to, to back up his point that, that one can rebel so effectively that you will yield rewards. Yeah. And, you know... Who, who would want that except someone who was truly evil? That's exactly right. David, do you agree or do you disagree that the information that's coming out to light, well, that's been coming out, coming coming to light over the last, or per, probably that, that that's being discussed openly, rather, <laughs> now. Now. <laughs> yeah. Would have disqualified Barack Obama outright. He would have been done ten years ago. Well, first of all, if he was white, he would have been done anyway because they would have they would have pinned all this stuff on him. Yeah. Uh, however, no one wanted to be accused of of being racist, so you can't pin anything on him. Otherwise, unless unless ye be racist. Yeah. Um, some of this stuff. I mean, you know, Doc, you you got to admit, once you once you understand it, once you learn it, it is so far fetched. Yeah, believe it. Who would? Who would? You know, you're, you're absolutely right. I I bet there are folks out there, older people, older people out there who are scratching their heads. How did this guy win the presidency, and why is he, you know, as of today, he's slightly trailing behind Mitt Romney. In 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 most of the latest polls, yeah, but well, within the within the margin of fraud, <laughs> within the margin of fraud, indeed. But 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 and well well put. 
But uh, one wonders, with all these latest gaps, especially the one about you didn't build that, why he's still even in the race. You know? Because, but I, go the, ahead. Uh, the, the, pub, the public opinion has been poisoned. He has community organized the country because you you are when they, when people accuse you of being an agitator, that's exactly what you are. You agitate to the point of conflict, and you you know you have you have uh, stirred up um, false premise and and run with it. You have uh, put out half truths and run with it, and it's just enough to keep you out of trouble. And just enough—it doesn't matter if it's true or not. All that matters is if enough people believe you to keep yourself out of trouble. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you something. Uh, the other day, my mother said something that that actually it broke my heart. I mean, my mother didn't break my heart, but that she said this kind of broke my heart. She was talking about voting for whatever libertarian candidate is on the thing. Now they they supported Ron Paul coming up through the primaries. My mm-hmm. the rest of my family. Okay. He's not running, and I tried, and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta corner her again, you know, and and say, <laughs> listen, um, I know you don't like Mitt Romney because she goes, well, you know, he didn't pay his taxes for ten years, and I, and I put my, you know, I oh my goodness, bomb, you know, I was like, are you serious? Are you serious? You know, how can you believe that? Well, you know, Harry Reid said, Harry Reid, <laughs> you know, and he makes stuff up. And um, you know, so so I was I was what what broke my heart was the fact that and I told actually I told G Ski this the other day I was on the fo- on the phone with him and I said the disseminators of the poison are winning. Mm-hmm. My mother can can cite the talking points that that are that are behind their you know their false premise. Yeah. And uh, you know, I was like, you know, he's not Romney. He's not perfect, but you know what? He is who we have to work with. Okay. And now you're not. Also, you're not seeing the big picture. Have you not noticed across the country, seven, about seven out of ten elections are going to Tea Party people? So we need to. It's not going to happen with just one person. You can't put one vote, you know, and, and then go back to sleep. It's yeah. going to take some diligence. It's going to take, you know, us talking. It's going to take education. It's going to take, you know, a continual push back the other way because, you know, for for the last what, 40, 50 years, it's been everything has been pushing in one direction only it seems. And um there's been, you know, for and and that's the purpose of it. I actually in the in the book that I'm that I've got coming out, I've I've gone deeper into the whole politically correct uh, a movement and how that started, you know, and it's, it's the, the the critical theory and stuff like that. It's designed to do exactly what it does. You know, you 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 create doubt in wholesomeness. You create, uh, you know, you you start to ridicule anything that's good, and it's and it's the looking glass. I mean, yeah. that's what it is, and it's all just to just to ruin just just for the sake of ruining a good society. Yeah, that's exactly right. But the scary and the scary part of all this is that if if you're a student of history, you one realizes that this is the way great empires end. It, it, it's it's uh, the the steady uh, sometimes 
methodical uh, erosion of the family, the family values, values in general, mm-hmm. uh, economic uh, values, uh, uh, moral code erodes, uh, military spread too thin, and 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 taxing uh, success. Yes, out of out of business. Exactly. One wonders, you know, and, I, and we've often talked about this on on the on the, on the digital media, like uh, blog talk, or internet radio, whether or not Barack Obama is just plain stupid, or if he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows. Yeah, you know. because because you, you, there's no way there's not enough money in the country. There are not enough producers to pay for everything he wants to pay for. There there's not enough tax money on earth. You know, the, the the French have announced that they're going to raise taxes on the wealthy to seventy five percent. Yes, I saw that. They're going to leave. They're going to take whatever they can, whatever money. Do you think they're going to stay there and just to, and let those taxes go through and tax 75% of their wealth? They're going to leave. They're packing up right now, tonight. They're Louis Vuitton uh, 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 <laughs> the baggage is, is packed. Well, would you stay, you know? Hell no. Especially if you had means and you had the means to get out. See, and if you and if you're going to be taxed seventy five percent of your bread, you've got the means at least for today. Until they start taxing you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get out of town. You know, go. You know, to turn all your wealth into gold. You know, keep an American Express card <laughs> for travel purposes. You know, get yourself a a uh, get yourself one of those uh, penthouses on a cruise ship. <laughs> and just live on that ship. That's what I would do. <laughs> I mean, what, I mean, do think, what, what do they think is going to happen? They think people are just going to say, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I'll keep oh, working okay. as hard as I do. Yeah, I love France so much that, uh, you know, I, I can't leave, man. That Eiffel Tower, it's got me. Viva la boneheads. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, uh, I, 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 I was just dumb enough to take my wife um back yeah, I hope there's more coming. <laughs> uh yeah. Back in the back in the early 90s to that restaurant in the Eiffel Tower. I am so I was I came this close to having to sneak out of that place and there's no way to sneak off cuz you got to take there's only one elevator. <laughs> you know. Cuz you know by the time dinner was over it was like 3000 bucks. I'm telling you. But here's the deal, and whenever I think of, of of Paris, of France, I think of that 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 that. I mean, because the, there's no prices on the, anything. Was the food that good? Hell no! That's, I was hungry by the time I got down that elevator. Hmm. You know, because it, it's all like real pretty. You know, it's all real. You know, and and there's not much of it. But back to what we were talking about. Hmm. How do you think? This selection is going to run down. How do you think it's going to go? I mean, and 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 one more, and and add to that. Why isn't 
Marco Rubio a no-brainer here? Uh, citizenship issue with him. A, a, a natural-born citizen thing. Even though they set the president the precedent with Obama, he his parents were not a citizen when he was born. And the definition that they're using for natural-born citizen, although they're not applying it to Obama, is that both of your parents need to be citizens. Doesn't matter where you know where around the world necessarily that you were born, but as long as you're, both of your parents hold and maintain a citizenship. Uh, his parents weren't citizens when he was born. They were citizen. They're citizens now, but they would. I think they would string him up with that. So that's my answer to that. However, I don't see why Paul Ryan isn't a no-brainer. Yeah, I would go with I would go with Paul Ryan in a heartbeat, um, but. And, and I and I like Paul Ryan, and I like him a lot. But the thing with Marco Rubio is that no one, except you, is talking about. Not to say that it's a bad thing; it's a good thing that you're talking about it. But no one's mentioned that when they when they mention him as a VP select. I know, but that doesn't make it right. Mm-hmm. Just because they got away with it, just because I mean, as far as what is on the book, if they want to do that, then they then they pass a constitutional amendment saying that it's okay. Then mm-hmm. we'll, then then we have we don't have a choice, you know. But but to just you know, that, that's doing what Obama does, picking and choosing which parts of which laws you like and which you don't like, and you know, enforcing what you want and what and and letting go what you don't want. So was he? Was she? Uh, Karen asked the question in the chat room. Was he born in the U.S., Marco Rubio? I think he was. Yeah. But but that no. doesn't fit the dem- the definition of natural born citizen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even fit. It, it doesn't really even fit the 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 definition of of citizen. Even though they do allow anchor babies to you know to be a citizen, it, it's not what the it's not what the Fourteenth Amendment says. I can yeah. back that one up. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, I would love to see you know if if, if everything was was the way it should be you know uh, appropriate. I would love to see Marco Ruby on that ticket. I think that would that, oh, would, no, no. that all, would steal the deal. Equal, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, no question. But yeah. But I mean, you ask. That's the only thing yeah. I got that would you know for me. You know. Oh, I mean, I would not vote for him, vote for him. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But but uh, I I would just see that as always being something that could be pulled up at any time. All right, I'm going to ask the other question after I ask this question. What is going on with G Ski? I got a message saying that he's taking a break or something. He's going to be back on on Saturday. Okay, he's not taking any break then. Well, he he took Monday and Wednesday off. Oh, okay. All right, all right. What about you? When are you coming back? I got a couple more things to work out, um, but uh, you know, if you if you need me, I'll be there for you. Uh, but as far as uh, you know, getting my own uh, my own thing going, I was thinking maybe I'll do a Tuesday night thing and keep it uh, keep it a one nighter. Mhm, mhm. Well, okay, all right. Now, but if you like, don't do I, if you don't do it on G Ski Show, you know, if he flakes out on you, you're welcome to have Fridays. You know. Okay. Well, <laughs> Saturday and Sunday, you know. I I, I want to. I got to. What I got to do is. Here's, here's the thing. I, what I want to do is. I need to go through my book again. Um, tweak it a little bit, so that you know it's 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 ready for prime time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know when I come when I come out 
that's what I'm going to come out with. I'm going to say, hey, everybody, get this book. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And it, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of very, very cool stuff in there. A lot, of, a lot more detailed stuff. A lot of, uh, a lot of, um, a lot of constitution uh, and founding document study uh, went into this one, and mm-hmm. uh, just. If you don't have somebody to, you know, when you you can read the Constitution, mm-hmm. and if you don't have somebody to say, okay, in other words, that means such and such, you know, it's it's hard to catch all the all what they're talking about. But um, right. you know, so so I've gone, I went through a lot of that and and kind of steeped in in study uh, with that, with that for quite a while, and um, and then just produced. Some some uh, some material that explains some of the hot spots of it. You know some of the basic under you know the basic uh, you know um, understandings. So, you know so uh, an introduction type of thing to it. Anything and, titillating or salacious? Uh, just about everything. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to give so too much I, away. I, uh, oh, I went back through you know, and I got I got some more on. Uh, on uh, Alinsky, um, mm-hmm. if if you get a chance, take a look at the rules of means and ends. Rules of means and ends. Okay. Yeah, that's in also in that book, Rules for Radicals. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's how the people sleep at night. That's that's their that's their set of justifications. Nice. When, you read, when you read it, you, you know you're like, oh wow, you know that makes sense. But then. Uh, so then, um, you know, there's, there's a, there's a. I don't want to give a whole the whole thing away, but uh, I, yeah. I, I know I go through. Uh, I have a chapter that's called the abortion president, which starts out talking about Obama's, uh, his, um, uh, infanticide views, uh, and then and then contrasted with the abortion that he's made of the presidency. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. And stupid and wasteful things. Exactly. Kind of like, uh, kind of like the um, crimes against liberty type of a thing. But uh, I didn't do a whole book on it. I gave it a chapter. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, I get back. In, I get into Islam. I get into the the revolutions uh, that are going around the uh, the, the world. Um, how some of them are actually connected a little bit. Um, the whole point behind them and the plan behind them. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's going to be great. Where can yeah. we find the new book? Well, I sell it at Lulu, just uh, with, with the other one. Uh, mm-hmm. On my Twitter profile, we'll get you, we'll get you a look at it. Okay. It's called Reality is not optional. That's a uh, that's a thing from Thomas Sowell. <laughs> Have you thought about um, an audio book version of your books? Sure. Okay. Will you ever do one? Well, I've I've got a couple of chapters done mm-hmm. of the first one, so it'd be just a matter of going back through. But I've I've got I've got a few projects in the fire right now. I've got some some PowerPoint presentations on understanding the founding documents. Yeah, uh, I've got about three or four of them, and I'd like to to finish that up. And you know, I've got uh, I've got some other projects going at the same time. Plus, I'm doing promos for you. I am a big and 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 they are they are fantastic. I am I am a big audiobook fan. I have been for a long time even back when they were on cassette. Yeah. And I would take long road trips from Chicago to Miami and back 24-hour rides and I I'd, I'd put in a an audiobook um on a cassette 
you know, and just listen as I drove. And I think your books in audio book form would be great. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and, and if you could manage to do it in an O'Reilly style, like Killing Lincoln, that style, man, I tell you, I'd be riveted. I don't, I, you know, I've not heard a book, uh, an audio book done uh, O'Reilly style, the way he's done Killing Lincoln in a long time. I, I honestly, I'll be honest with you all, everybody, and, and, and maybe you think it's weird, but I fall asleep listening to Killing Lincoln Mostly because of uh, Bill O'Reilly, you know, the way he tells the story. I mean, I don't get a tingle up my leg or anything like that, but... Uh, he, reads, you know, he, get, he does his own reading, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'm also a guy who falls asleep to the voice of Carl Sagan when he does uh, Cosmos, too. His voice is kind of soothing to me, but, you know, is that weird? No, no, it's it's perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. All right. So, how do you think the race is going to shape up? We're going to get out of here. We're running. We're running a little bit. Uh, a little bit behind. Uh, who, who, who's going to win? I, I think I am shooting for uh, uh, Romney in a landslide. Do you think that's going to happen? Yes. Landslide victory. Yes. And what do you base that on? Um. The the uh, the te- the like I said the bigger picture of like across the the country where there's uh, like about seven out of ten races elections going to Tea Party people people are waking up and the Tea Party people will be taken over the the radicals <laughs> yeah 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 well thanks David I appreciate you calling in um, there'll be thanks. something in uh, stocking for you this Christmas nice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and by the way, you know, I I don't do interviews, but quite frankly, I just did an interview with you, which is really cool. But I do have an like an official interview coming up, so maybe maybe you'll you you can spread the word around and maybe maybe even attend yourself, call in uh Leslie Kathy. I think I might have mentioned her. She mm-hmm. is one of the a handful of survivors from the Jonestown uh uh suicide uh murder uh deal that went on back in uh, 1978. She is going to be on the show talking about her book um Slavery of Faith and uh and she's appeared on uh, National Geographic's History Channel A&E and radio broadcast CNN all over the place and she's agreed to come on to my show. She's a good friend and I actually helped edit the book. Uh, she's a good friend of mine, and she's going to be on the show, and she's going to be talking about it. And 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 because the hook is that uh, Reverend Jones and his followers were socialist, Marxist, communist, all in that group, and mm-hmm. so they wanted to establish a communist or Marxist utopia in the jungles of Guyana, and establish their own rules and all that, and. It just didn't work out so well as we know. So, hey, if you can be there for that, uh, that would be great. Well, and, and everybody else as well. I want so thanks again for calling. We're going to go ahead and get out of here. It's football season, man. I gotta I gotta tune into the to the preseason games. What about you? Patriots tonight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> All right, my man. Thanks so much for the call in. I do appreciate it, and I will chat with y'all later. Good show, Doc. Rock on. Thank you, man. Thanks. All right. That was my good friend, David Graham, uh, author of Stay Mad. He's got a new book coming out, as you heard. Please, please get your hands on it. I have his book right here. Honestly, I'm not kidding. I have it right here on this desk. I got tonight's 
topic from his book. I didn't read from it like like you know he 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 thought I might have, but I, I I I the idea for this tonight's show came from his book. Stay mad. All right, uh, by David Graham. Once again, I'd like to thank everybody for listening tonight. I hope you have a wonderful night tonight, a great night tomorrow, a wonderful weekend. And come back and see us again uh, uh, Monday night, 8 p.m. We're going to talk about all of this stuff and the latest news events, and we're going to sprinkle in a little bit of history, and it's going to be great. Hey, I've been getting lots of emails from folks asking about my – uh, 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 David Graham's uh, the promos that that he does, his voices, and also the uh, the the promos that come from uh, Paul Shanklin, the uh, the parodies, uh, Rush Limbaugh, uh, Paul Shanklin parodies. They are really great. So why don't I just go ahead and play one more of those, and then and then we'll you know we'll we'll, we'll get on out of here. How about that? All right. Well, once again. Thank you all for listening tonight. It's been great. And uh, have a great night. We're out of here. Studio. He's pulling out all the stops to try to make sure he is properly understood on all of this. Who's the one who gave you success?
WIB Network, Rush Limbaugh, and white comedian Paul Shanklin uh, doing the vocal Obama.com. How Obama Applies Alinsky's Rules by Investors Business Daily, September 22, 2008. Election 08. Barack Obama's mocking of John McCain while urging his followers to, quote, get in their face, unquote, are tactics right out of his radical hero Saul Alinsky's playbook, Ridicule and Agitation. At a recent Las Vegas rally, Obama poked fun at Senator McCain for what he described as bragging about, quote, how as chairman of the Senate Commerce Committee, he had oversight of every part of the economy, unquote. Quote, well, all I can say to Senator McCain is, nice job, nice job, unquote, Obama said in a sarcastic tone. Quote, where is he getting these lines? It's like a Saturday Night Live routine, unquote. Then he belittled the 72-year-old McCain for vowing to take on the old boys' network. Quote, in the McCain campaign, that's called a staff meeting, unquote, he sneered. The late Alinsky, a trench warfare socialist who despised American capitalism, advised community organizers like Obama to, quote, laugh at the enemy to provoke irrational anger, unquote. Quote, ridicule, he said, is man's most potent weapon. It is almost impossible to counterattack ridicule. Also, it infuriates the opposition, who then react to your advantage, unquote. At another rally in Nevada, Obama called on the crowd of about 1,500 to join him in sharpening their elbows against McCain and his supporters. Quote, I want you to argue with them and get in their face, unquote, he said, in a naked attempt to, quote, fan hostilities, unquote, in the tightening race, something Alinsky also advised from his bag of agitation tricks. Obama doesn't look or talk like an angry radical. He speaks in measured tones and is rarely seen out of business attire. That, too, is borrowed from Alinsky's playbook. Quote, don't scare, unquote, the middle class. He guides urban revolutionaries in his 1970s manual, Rules for Radicals, which he dedicated to mankind's, quote, first radical Lucifer, unquote. Instead, look like them, talk like them, act like them, and work for radical change from the inside, quote, like a spy behind enemy lines, unquote, as Obama said in his first memoir. He wrote it before entering politics, while still working with hard-left Alinsky groups and trading street agitators known as, quote, community organizers, unquote. As he wrote, he became a community organizer in 1983 because of, quote, the need for change, change in the White House, where Reagan and his minions were carrying on their dirty deeds, unquote. That's when he set out to, quote, organize black folks, unquote, for social revolution, first in Harlem, then the south side of Chicago. Now he wants to do it on a, quote, large scale, unquote. Though most average voters wouldn't know it, he's applying Alinsky's radical rules to achieve his goal. Alinsky stressed that his rules be translated into real-life tactics responsive to the situation at hand, which right now happens to be something he never could have dreamed of a disciple who would find himself in a viable battle for the most powerful job in the world. Obama has already translated several of Alinsky's rules into battle tactics, including, rule, quote, rub raw the resentments of the people, search out controversy and issues, unquote. In the mortgage meltdown, for instance, Obama vows to prosecute, quote, predatory lenders for abusing, unquote, minority borrowers. He's also stoking class resentment by painting Wall Street and other executives as villains. Rule, quote, pick the target, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it, unquote. 
In an ad to woo Hispanic voters, Obama demonized Rush Limbaugh by falsely claiming he made racist statements against immigrants. Rule. Quote, a mass impression can be lasting and intimidating. Unquote. This explains why Obama moved his acceptance speech to a football stadium and bust in 85,000 supporters. Alinsky's son was so impressed, he praised Obama for learning his father's, quote, lesson well, unquote. Rule, quote, multiple issues mean constant action in life, unquote, for the cause. This is why Obama never harps on one issue, as Hillary did with health care. His platform is packed with grievances from, quote, economic justice to reproductive justice to environmental justice, unquote. Obama is following almost to the letter the blueprint for socialist revolution drafted by the father of community organizing. While Alinsky may help him behind the scenes, however, he becomes a liability when brought out of the shadows. Sarah Palin proved this in St. Paul when she ridiculed his community organizing. Within hours, Obama's surrogates whined about how just bringing up the phrase was racist code for, quote, black, unquote. No, it's code for communist, and McCain should make that point instead of legitimizing such radicalism, as he did recently when he said, quote, I respect community organizers, and Senator Obama's record there is outstanding, unquote, which contradicted his running mate. There's nothing to respect about such anti-American radicals even if they have traded their tie-dye for business ties. Copyright 2008, Investor's Business Daily. Read to you by Outloud Opinion. For more podcasts, visit ibdeditorials.com.